It's, it's a trend. It's something God's using. We need to come together on it. It's about building the kingdom. So more and more I see pastors interested. They want to know about our house church and how it works and how it came to be. And, and we've heard those people say, I passed by your billboard and that was exactly what I needed at that time to keep me motivated, to keep me encouraged in my ministry. What's up, everybody? Jason Dennis here. Another episode of Run the Race. We talk about fitness and faith on a uh, pretty much weekly basis as uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. You can uh, write a review on Apple Podcasts as well, that little purple icon on your iPhone. So uh, thank you so much for listening as uh, we're, I think this is episode 175 or something like that. So we're uh, rolling right along the last four years now doing uh, this, having some great conversations. Um, In fact, uh, we uh, have an update on uh, two of our previous guests from last month that had some amazing feats they did on a bike and on their feet as well. Susan Glisson, uh, who is raising money for a great cause, doing the Coast to Coast for Cancer uh, cycling. Uh, in about uh, three days, she did more than 200 miles on her bike. She finished about a week ago, and this is what she told me uh, in a, uh, a message today. She said, the most amazing experience at one of the rest stops, we met a cancer survivor. He wrote his name on the back of my jersey, and I would ride for him that day. He was touched when we were doing this ride for cancer patients. So that entire Coast to Coast for Cancer ride, was 3,000 miles. They completed it, in fact, just yesterday by the final segment riders. She said it was a tough course, um, but definitely worth it. Some blood, sweat, tears on the ride, but she said she would do it again in a heartbeat. Susan from the East Alabama area, and uh, she was uh, at the uh, Auburn football game recently when they uh, uh, barely uh, lost to University of Georgia, number one in the land. And so congratulations to Susan and the whole team. That's an amazing feat, you know, 3,000 miles and uh, the weather's uh, cooperating a little better if you want to get outside and ride or or, uh, or you know uh, run or whatever you want to do outside. Also, we've got Phil Parsons, who was uh, one of our recent guests last month. He's a combat veteran who uh, is really hoping to stop suicides, and this is 16 years after his last suicide attempt. You can go back and listen to either one of those conversations about um, you know their stories, some really inspiring things. So he ran uh, solo 444 miles. That's right. It's a huge amount in 11 days. That was an average of about 40 miles per day on the Natchez Trace going from Tennessee uh, to Mississippi there. And he finished on Sunday. Uh, He told me that he's uh, still a little sore and uh, he had some kind of bug the whole time, but he uh, gutted it out. He made it through. He survived. And uh, trying to uh, get out this week for maybe some short runs uh, as he's trying to get his legs back underneath him and raising uh, hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars to help uh, stop suicides and helping veterans specifically, military veterans dealing with PTSD. So uh, congratulations to both of them. Some great fitness feats. And uh, today we're talking to a couple, uh, as we talked to, I've talked to several couples in the past on Run the Race, a couple that uh, is really uh, um, kind of taking their faith to the skies, Tim and Angie Hollis. They are the owners of a small business called Home Care Services of Columbus for the last almost 20 years and uh, doing quality home care in the Columbus area. They both grew up in this part of Georgia after their fathers retired from the military and had uh, maybe saw the, the need for aging issues of their parents. They're both followers of Jesus. And he is the pastor of Living Waters House Church Community. Now, if you don't want to know what a, a home church is as opposed to a traditional church, we talk about that and how there's a, a trend for that over the last few years. Uh, but there's still obviously a lot of people going to traditional church as well. But uh, the, the one of the main things we talk about is something they started earlier this year. Back in March of 2023, they started Billboards for Jesus. And uh, they have a goal to lift the banner of Jesus over the community, uh, really you know, kind of letting people people know about the Lord, whether you are a Christian or not. They've got about eight or nine of these billboards, black with white lettering, simple messages on them throughout this part of the Chattahoochee Valley, this part of West Georgia. Tim is also a, has a financial wellness ministry that helps people get out of debt and then live a generous lifestyle using principles from Dave Ramsey and Robert Morris, while uh, Angie Hollis is a sidewalk advocate at Seneca Choices for Life, loving on moms, 
coming there for abortions at a facility next door and offers them life-affirming options for them and their babies. She's also active with 40 Days for Life, an international organization organizing prayer vigils in front of abortion facilities. So I talked to them about um, you know their faith in God biblically and uh, what they say about abortions, about home church, about these billboards for Jesus and how uh, money and God mix or maybe not. And also they're a growing family. So here's my conversation with the Hollises. Well, Tim and Angie, thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. We're glad yeah. to be here. I know we just met um, about a week ago uh, at the uh, um, Sound Choices Gala. It's a pregnancy clinic here in town who helps women choose between adoption and abortion. And so a uh, great, great crowd and got to see Mark Schultz sing. And, and uh, hopefully he'll be on the podcast coming up in uh, the coming weeks or months. Um, but I just uh, did the intro for you guys and, and mentioned the fact that you have started uh, Billboards for Jesus. This started just back in March, so it's been several months now. And actually, I've run by a few of those billboards in my runs, uh, one of them that said, At the cross, I paid a price that you couldn't. And that's the one off of Manchester Expressway, kind of near the Peachtree Mall. So it's it's in places where a lot of people are driving by and seeing them. So uh, first of all, I guess as we we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but um, how did you come up with this idea and, and why do this uh, billboards for Jesus? So it's a, it's a ministry out of our house church. We have a house church called Living Water House Church. And we have a guy in there who started out waving signs out on the street. People have probably seen them. They go to busy intersections. My wife also joins them, Angie, and, and some other members of our church. And one day he felt like, you know, God told him, you know, if you'll wave billboards for a politician, which he was doing at one time, would you do it for Jesus? So he, they started with waving signs on the street. And then it evolved into, hey, let's, let's take this up a notch and put billboards up uh, and wave God's banner over the city. Uh, it came, Jason, from Exodus 17 in the Bible where the Israelites were on their journey from uh, captivity and slavery to the Promised Land. And one of the first battles they faced, um, you probably recall, is uh, they told Moses to hold his staff up. And uh, the Lord told him, and he said, as long as your staff's up, you're going to win this, this fight. And uh, so they propped up his arms, and he said, the Lord is my banner there, Jehovah Nisi. And that's, that's the inspiration for us. We're holding the Lord's banner over the city of Columbus. Yeah, and, and Angie, what kind of, um, you know, uh, what kind of feedback have you gotten from folks? I mean, have you had, you know, people that you know or strangers kind of talking about these billboards? We have. We've gotten a lot of good of good feedback from people. Um, we have gotten feed, feedback from folks that are in ministry and they're headed to a meeting or they're heading into a house where there's just a lot of dysfunction going on. Or, and, and, we've, and we've heard those people say, I passed by your billboard and that was exactly what I needed at that time to keep me motivated, to keep me encouraged in my ministry. We've had other people say, you know, I love these messages. They're simple. They're the word and the word speaks for itself. You know, we don't have to come out there with some political agenda. We don't have to say anything. The word speaks for itself. So we've had people say, I love that. It encourages me. It blesses my soul. And every time I go by there, I pray for people in our community. So lots of good feedback. And, um, and I'll, I'll reference a verse in Joshua where Joshua is talking to the, um, the Israelites. And I think there were, I don't remember, seven maybe of the tribes who still had not taken possession of the land that the Lord had given them. And Joshua says to them, how long are you going to wait to take possession of the land that the Lord your God has given you? And that was their motivation from that point on. And that's, that's what I think of when I think of billboards is we are literally taking possession of Columbus, Georgia for the Lord Jesus Christ yeah. by these billboards. We are lifting banner. the name of Jesus. Yeah. We're lifting his banner high over this community. Now, is the, uh, the, so is the, how long could this, will this last? How long will the billboards be up? Kind of up to, to, we'll see what happens, right? That's exactly right, Jason. We started out, our house church was the thing that started during the pandemic a little over three years ago. And we called a few friends to meet at our house and we thought it might be for a week or two. And here we are three and a half years later, it was let's see what the Lord wants to do. And it was clearly a movement he wanted and put in the hearts of those of us that do that. And we're taking the billboard approach the same way. Now we've, we started in March of this year. So we've, we, we do six month contracts 
And our partner in most of this, I have to say, is, is Outdoor Billboard Ministry. Put a little plug in there. They've been a great out, partner with out us. Outfront Media. Outfront Media, I'm sorry. Outfront, yeah, no, media. outfront media. And uh, they've been a great partner in this, helping us pick great spots that are, that are available for high traffic. But, um, you know, we started with six-month contracts. Those are starting to run out, so we're starting to do our next six-month contracts and uh, raising funds for that. And we, we've got, uh, Jason, eight to, to nine billboards rotating around the city. And so we're renewing those six-month contracts. We've raised, I think, close to $75,000. We had no idea when we started people joining in. You can go to our website, by the way, if you want to help us fly God's banner over. And there's a way out there to donate to the cause to help us do that. But uh, we'll see what God has planned. We're signing those next six-month contracts now and, and feel very blessed by everybody's contribution. Yeah, we're going to have a link in the show notes uh, of this podcast, which people can listen to on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher. And right there in the show notes, there'll be a link. You can click on that if you'd like to donate. That's what I was going to ask about is is because uh, it's not cheap to, to put up those bil big billboards and to be able to have those you know eight or nine rotating signs. And, and Angie, one more thing on this. I mean, you talk about the goal of, of kind of proclaiming Jesus, but, um, you know, what's the goal for like, I mean, people that may be unchurched mm -hmm. or people that see this? Um, is it to encourage or what's, what's uh, I guess, the just for the average Joe or Jane out there? Yeah, for the, for the person that, let's say, isn't a church goer, maybe isn't even a follower of Jesus Christ, it will plant seeds. Um, Perhaps they'll go to billboardsforjesus.com and they'll read the salvation message, you know. And we don't, on our website, direct anybody to a particular church, um, but we give them the foundation of the Christian faith and we encourage them to find a Bible-believing church in their area. Um, so, you know, we don't know how we don't have a measurement for how many people that, that it impacts like that, but we certainly are praying that, yeah, those people who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, that they will go to that site, that they will read that salvation message, that they will ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, and that they will find a Bible-believing church and get plugged in. Yeah, and not, not to say there's anything wrong with people holding signs at corners or, or whatever else, and whether it be for, or for a political candidate or for a church or sure. whatever else. Yeah. But I mean, it feels like that a billboard is kind of maybe a less intimidating way to kind of like, it's there and mm -hmm. you can choose to look at it. You can choose to think about it or not. And, and it's your choice and it's not kind of, not as much maybe in your face. And mm -hmm. maybe people respond differently to that than they would somebody holding a sign at the corner or something like that. Um, and uh, you guys are involved in a lot of different things. We're going to talk about your growing family uh, with, you know, gaining a, a daughter-in-law and a grandson recently and how you have, uh, you know, your your job, what you guys do for a living is, is biblically based as well. And also your passion for, for helping women choose life. Uh, but also, um, you know, we, I was talking off mic to you guys as well. You know, Tim, you got, you do as well a financial wellness ministry. You know, we've heard a lot about, you know, Dave Ramsey uh, for, for many years or decades, churches have kind of taken that as a banner as well in terms of helping folks. And we're in, we're in tough economic times right now, coming out of COVID, uh, inflation uh, impacting grocery prices, gas prices, everything. Um, and, you know, um, it, it's mm. some families just scraping by. So, um, you know, uh, some people think, okay, well, God and money, that's, that's separate. You know, um, you know, I don't need to uh, worship money like I do God, and so why should the two be together? So tell me about um, financial wellness and what that has to do with spiritual life as well. That was a great lead-in for me, Jason. <laughs> Actually, the uh, financial wellness, the Bible talks about money and possessions more than any other topic. If you read through it, I've seen the numbers and how many verses, how many, money and possessions is all throughout the Bible. So we have to have a biblical perspective on it. And I, when I teach it, I teach it mainly from two, two branches. You, you, you need to understand that you know, God wants us to be good stewards or managers of what He has put into our possession. So we teach people how to be good stewards of the resources God's given them. But we also, the Bible has a lot to say about our generosity and, and how we're to you know, be generous with what we have. And we teach people biblical principles on generosity as well. And we have seen so many lives transformed when they come to understand. You know, the world trains us all the time. We're being trained by what we see on TV, what we see in the culture around us. And what's become normal for culture has not done well for people financially. And so we're trying to teach them there's a better way, biblically based, and, and, and we love seeing the lives transformed through that. 
And, and Angie, what have you seen in terms of families, you know, moms and dads um, struggling or maybe, you know, spending their money on the wrong things or the right things and, and not saving and how that can, you know, kind of, um, you know, be a problem when you're not, you know, kind of focused on the right priorities. Right. We've got several examples. Um, we, we had a, a single mom tell us um, about two years ago uh, we had done um, a financial wellness um, class maybe a year before the pandemic mm-hmm. hit. And she told us a few years ago, she said, had I not gone through that class, I would have been undone by this pandemic. Um, she's a single mom, two teenage girls. And she said, it transformed everything for me. We had a a couple, um, an army couple, um, ranger regiment couple, and they came through the class about uh, two and a half years ago. And they, the first night we met, they went home and they made big decisions about what they were gonna do with this certain purchase. Anyway, ended up not making this major purchase, found what they needed in great condition on the Facebook site, you know, marketplace. They called us about, I don't know, nine months ago. They they had transferred to another base and they let us know about nine months ago that they're completely out of debt. Wow. Transformed everything for them. You know, now they have two little girls. Um, it, It there's the power there to just transform your family tree, yeah. you know. Um, and that gives you freedom that, that freedom. you don't have that, yeah. that heavy debt kind of hanging over your head right. and your family. We're going through the, through the courses now with a, just started Tuesday night with a young couple in our house church. And um, yeah, it's, we're just expecting, God's gonna do great things, you know, for that family. It's, it will change the trajectory of their life. Yeah. And, you know, not that, um, you know, uh, you can kind of uh, give people the secrets to success in just a few minutes, but, but Tim, as somebody that's been teaching this and, and helping people with the biblical principles with, you know, uh, financial wellness, what, are you, what would be some of the key things, the key takeaways for folks that they need mm-hmm. to know um, about you know, how, to, how to make it work with the money or how to, you to tell your money what to do, right? Sure, so, I mean, on the stewardship side, you have to find contentment in life, right? And we know that can only be found, our faith is a big part of that. Our, our contentment is found in Jesus. And um, we, the other stuff's great, God gives us blessings, but you have, to, you have to find contentment. And we find that contentment in simple things. Um, you know, you don't have to, when you have, feel that urge to go out and shop, uh, there's time you could be spent reading the word, or time you could be spent with your spouse, taking a nice walk around the neighborhood, or things that don't, you have to find contentment in the, in the simple things. And, uh, and also people need to discover the joy of generosity again. That's so much key to, I think we'd solve a lot of problems in our society if people really found that true joy comes in the ability to be genius, uh, generous. But you can't be generous if you're not a good steward. You don't set yourself up for that. So um, I think when, they, when people come to understand those principles, they're, they're on their way. Sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to compute for folks that, okay, giving money away helps me and my my bank account but you know if you're giving money away to something you're passionate about like to your ties to the church or extra money to a ministry that you care about or you know um that can you know it it, it says it's going to give them back be given back to us what uh, sevenfold or tenfold you know um and uh i know for angie for you one of your passions as well um along with you know the home church and and what you, what you guys do as a family is um, you're involved in several ministries where you're focused on moms that are making a very difficult decision, mm-hmm. a big decision, uh, whether to maybe have the baby and give the baby up for adoption or have an abortion. And, and you know, we, we've heard the stats, you know, just in Georgia, you know, half a million. Um, and so, and, and even with the Roe versus Wade, um, it seems to, things have not slowed down with the, the, the decisions. Right. Um, but but it's, it's tough because, you know, women are in a position where maybe, I, I don't feel like I can take care of this baby uh, financially, emotionally, or whatever else. So um, why do you feel so passionate about something? Like yeah, this? thank you for asking that. I, I actually just got here um, from um, Seneca today. Um, today is an abortion day in Columbus. 
and Seneca is a pro-life ministry, um, does much of what Sound Choices does. The difference with Seneca is that they are positioned right next door to our local abortion facility here in Columbus. And so today is an abortion day and Tim and I um, are active in the 40 Days for Life campaign, which is an international ministry that focuses on praying outside of abortion facilities um, during 40 days in the fall and 40 days in the spring. And so uh, we, we, you sign up for an hour, you go, you, you pray during that time. So it's, a, it's an opportunity to bring your community together and statistically, um, it's proven that when communities come together and, and pray in front of their abortion facilities, their numbers go down and they eventually close. So that's what we're praying for, for our abortion facility here in Columbus, which is located on Rosemont Drive. Many people in our community don't even know that we have an abortion facility, but we do. And it, Columbus has become an abortion destination. Um, because we're a border town, we see people coming as far away as Texas mm -hmm. because it's illegal. So we, in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, abortion is illegal. So we have people come from all those states to our border city of Columbus to have their abortions. So abortions are, as I left uh, 30 minutes ago, we are, I think we already had eight women that had gone into the abortion facility. So what I do as a sidewalk advocate is I'm there in the, in the parking lot at Seneca trying to urge those moms just as compassionately as I can to come over to Seneca, let us do a free ultrasound, let us see what's going on with their body, and let us give them options. See, the, the fallacy in the pro-abortion, pro-choice movement is that they're giving you choices. They are not giving those women choices. Their only option is abortion. If they come to a pregnancy help center like Sound Choices and like Seneca, they're given life-affirming options. Here's where we can help you. We have wraparound services where we can help you parent, or we can help you make an adoption decision. Or, you know, but there are, there are a lot of options that you don't have to go through this. And, and now that the, the abortion pill is rampant, um, I do think that we will see our, our abortion facilities closing down. Um, but it, it's abortion still going to happen because we've got that pill being shipped to women all over, all over the country, and and, and it's a it's a terrible thing. It, it's it's dangerous for women's bodies. It's it's they don't realize they're going to deliver a baby um, within 48 hours of taking those two pills. Um, it, it's it's traumatic. You're finding women coming out with post-traumatic stress syndrome from this. Um, so it's 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 a it's a, it's a hard place to be right now as an as a sidewalk advocate because um, the abortion workers are just getting much more militant and um, aggressive with us, not just here in Columbus but around the country. Yeah. But it is something that I'm passionate about. Um, so 40 years ago, t Tim and I. Um, when we started 41 years ago, started dating, got pregnant, and I had an abortion. And so this is something that's very dear to our hearts, that we don't want to see other people walk down this road that we have. Um, something else, though, that I'm involved in is Deeper Still, which is a, is a post-abortive um, retreat. And, um, and you can it, speak from experience. Yes, exactly. And so um, this is this post deeper still post abortive retreats are retreats that happen here in Georgia. They're free. They happen from a Friday to a Sunday, and they're faith based. And uh, women go, and men too, and because men participate in abortions, and. Um, they're able to receive healing. In those retreats, um, healing is, is possible in a weekend that could take years. We, we've seen people that 50, you know, 50 years ago had their abortion and still not received healing for it. So these are retreats that are, that are available for people. Um, Rachel's Vineyard is another retreat that's available for women and men to go to who, who have had abortions or participated in them. Yeah, and Tim, you know, I mean, like uh, Angie was talking about, you know, four decades ago, obviously you guys, you know, 
were faced with this decision mm -hmm. and you know young and, and maybe unprepared or financially or whatever uh, what was I mean looking back I mean it's one of those things that you regret and you ask I mean that you like feel like you know well you know uh, I, I even thinking back I can't believe we did that or whatever so but but wh when you were faced with that decision at that time how did you make it and sure all that all what you just said is <laughs> true Jason they don't tell people that you're gonna look back and you're gonna realize it's the worst decision you're ever gonna make in your life we were young uh, 18 19 years old and wish we had had people counseling us at the time nobody really was to tell us the things we're trying to get out um, so we, we made a rash decision I was not a Christian at the time uh, I became a Christian a few years into our marriage in my early 20s uh, Angie was but she'd tell you she wasn't really walking that faith at that time so it's the worst decision we ever made uh, Jason and now we're in a new place uh, the Lord's uh, you know taken uh, he's Lord of our life and we see in the scriptures that he clearly says he values every life and uh, you know we want to we want to affirm women that, that it's a deception to believe that that's their option or a best option or any option that they we want to help them with life affirming choices. Um, if you, if you go to you know I would challenge folks to go back and read Jeremiah chapter seven. I think it starts around verse twenty six. It talks about the culture of that time, and their sacrifice of their children was into the fire, and they called it the valley of slaughter. It was the Valley of Ben Hinnom, and they, they, God said, "This is going to be the Valley of Slaughter." And it showed that if you don't value your unborn children or your children, you know that culture takes over the that that thought takes over the whole process of your culture, and it becomes a culture of death instead of a culture of life. So, if we want to turn a culture around, we have to value every life, all the way to the conception. He says He formed us in our mother's womb, and so if I had that understanding, if we had been in that place, we would have never made that decision. But we want people to understand: don't don't be deceived. Um, you can choose life, and we want to help you choose life. Yeah, and Angie, one more thing on this, mm -hmm. kind of you know, what you were saying earlier about how what you're doing on the sidewalk there. I mean, is it is that a a difficult thing to do? Awkward? Mm -hmm. Is it where you feel like you know, okay, people are going to think that we're judging them, um, and because that's sometimes the 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 vantage point of people, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice or whatever, wherever you fall in this controversial issue, you know, people think the other side is judging me. So uh, how do you um, uh, how do you not appear like you're judging these moms or the the clinic or whatever? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there is no judgment from us uh, at, at Seneca. There's no judgment from the folks at Sound Choices. It, the, these are women and men um, who who know, but for the grace of God, there go I. We see these women and their support people with eyes of compassion like we're always thinking as Jesus saw people with compassion he looked on them like sheep without a shepherd and and we keep that in mind you know always keep that in mind there's no judgment we come from a point of grace and love um, I wear a shirt many times that says I regret my abortion when I'm out there um, trying to to get these moms to come on over um, to let them see, I've been there and I've done that. And I've even, I even tell them, you don't want to do this, honey. Please don't do this. Come and let's talk, you know. Um, so, you know, it's just a lot of prayer before you go into it. And, and you, just, you just love them, you know. You look at them as, through Jesus' eyes. These are people that, and, and I also, I think back to myself and I know how scared I was. I was in panic mode and I see it in their eyes when they come into that driveway. I see the panic, I see the fear. So I can relate to them. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be, um, I mean, it's always a hot button issue, but now, you know, we've got a election, you know, uh, you know, a presidential election happening essentially a year from now. So I'm sure it will be something that will be discussed, um, you know, even more so in the, in the coming months. Um, and Tim, you were talking about how, you know, uh, when you guys were initially together as a couple or married that you, you know, were not a Christian. But now, I mean, you know, you're an ordained minister and uh, you guys have the um, a Living Water House Church community. And, you know, a lot of people, when they think church, they think, okay, uh, church uh, on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, I'm walking into this, you know, building and we're going to have songs and we're going to have a sermon and we're going to, you know, uh, kind of be with a congregation. So that's kind of traditional church, the four walls, the steeple or whatever. Uh, but um, in the last few years or decades, really, uh, the house church concept has really come up where it's like life groups, like small groups, but it's church. 
And um, and I know that you know the um, one of the leaders that I know from Sound Choices, you know um, Ryan and Aaron Kotowski, they've mm -hmm. done the same thing, you know, decades ago as well. So um, tell us about the concept of house church and, and why maybe people choose that versus or along with a traditional church. Yeah, well, the first thing I want to tell people is if you're walking with the Lord, the journey is never boring, right? So <laughs> God's always bringing new things into your life. And, and this was something we really had not conceived in advance. The whole COVID thing hit, churches locked down and closed down. And we, we did the online thing like a lot of people for a couple of months. And, you know, we said, hey, this just isn't right. We need to be meeting with people. So we called a few friends over that first Sunday. It was in June of 2020. And, uh, you know, 10 or 12 of us met and I got a sermon together and I was starting to feel a call by God to, to preach and pastor. And so everybody said, hey, can we do this again? And, and like I said, we did it and we kept going a week at a time. And here we are over three years later. And it's just been a, a, an amazing experience. Um, nothing wrong with the big churches, but for people that are willing to look and let God bring something new into their life, there's amazing community that you build. We've got 20 to 25 in our house church, which is actually pretty large for a house church. Um, and uh, we've built amazing community, um, accountability for growth, actual growth. You know, I mean, when you're in a crowd of 20 to 25, you're looking each other square in the eye and you're accountable for your actions and what you're going to do about the message. We do have a fairly traditional uh, Sunday morning service. We, we start out with some announcements. We do some worship songs. Um, I'll bring a message. Uh, we get to do some things you can't do in the larger churches. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll open the floor after I do my message and let people comment. We'll go back and forth. That's scary, for, that's scary for the pastor. Right? I've learned you've got, you, you, you got to be prepared, but, uh, but it's all good. You know, we challenge one another, and so we can grow in our faith. And, you know, and, we, and we close with some worship. We take communion in our house church, and we've got a cup. We try to give people different responsibilities so they grow. We've got some people that help come up with the worship music. Um, we have people that lead the communion so that they're preparing that. So people are getting roles so that they're individually growing in their faith. It's been an incredible experience. And Angie, what's it been like for you in terms of, you know, I mean, um, it's one thing to have like, you know, uh, a housewarming party or a party to watch a football game and you have, you know, you know, 15, 20 friends over, but to have church at your house, it's kind of, a, it's a little bit of, it's maybe gets getting used to. Um, and so what's, what's that been like for you uh, in your house? We've had the gift of hospitality for several years anyway, so our house is pretty open. And so it really hasn't been too much to get used to, honestly. Um, when we first started, we met outside because COVID was going you know, around. And so we called it Yard Church. <laughs> so for the first 18 months or so, I guess we, we did Yard Church. Um, now we're kind of soft, you know, we're, we're going. Air conditioning. Yeah, air conditioning, <laughs> well, right. we are in Georgia. No? Right. We did meet outside last Sunday because it was just amazingly beautiful. Um, and so we take advantage of the weather when we can, especially in the fall and in the spring, and meet outside. Um, but, no, it's, it's a great thing to have an open house, to have people come and feel welcome. And um, there's no pretense and there's no production value in what we're doing. Um, it's pretty pure and simple, um, so I, I love it. I think I would have a hard time right now if the Lord called us back into the traditional model of church. And like, we're not saying there's anything wrong with that model, it's, there's, that, there's a place for that for sure. Uh, but this has been so rich, I don't know that I am ready to go back yeah. to the other model. And just to piggyback on that, Tim, you know, kind of the same thing I kind of asked Angie about, you know, what she does, um, you know, with the on the abortion issue, with the church issue. How do you avoid not looking like, OK, well, you know, we're judging, we're saying, you know, the the, the big church, the mega church or the, the the church, you know, the traditional church is maybe not for us or not for this group of people. You know, um, how do you like work alongside them, I guess. Sure, sure. We just let people know, hey, here's something we've experienced. Uh, it's biblical. We see it, you know, uh, in the Bible and Acts. And if it's something you're willing to try, come, come, give, come give it a try with us. You might find it's really rich and, and really um, take your growth to another level. And I think if you ask the people that come to our house church, it's like the highlight of it. People, nobody's, I mean, no, nothing's perfect. I can't say never, but, but for most of us, most every Sunday, we just can't wait to come together and worship together on Sunday morning. Yeah. So. 
And um, so, and now have y'all, um, do you interact with the other pastors from uh, the, the bigger, small churches, traditional churches? And, and what's, what kind of feedback is there between you and them, you know, or is it, because it's not, it's not a us versus them thing at all. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And yes, I do Jason, get an opportunity, Jason. Uh, we're pretty active. Angie and I are active, as you can tell, as you brought out in this, this interview. And so are many of our members on boards of various things, Sound Choices, or, you know, very, we work with homeless shelters here in town a lot. So we do a lot of stuff for a small church. And when I go to banquets or go to th uh, things, uh, I'll sit at tables with other pastors or I'll come across them and we'll talk. And, you know, when we first started, I think uh, I got some skepticism because I understand pastors were facing a new dynamic in the world with COVID and people were deciding, am I going to do online church, big church? And so there was a lot going on. But I think most pastors are realizing this is something they, they need to be aware of because it's, it's a trend, it's something God's using. We need to come together on it. It's about building the kingdom. So more and more I see pastors interested. They want to know about our house church and how it works and how it came to be. And So all in all, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback and, and, and interest from other pastors wanting to know, how, you know about what we're doing. Yeah, and, and Angie, you know, one more thing on this as, as well is that, you know, even with like a big church, whether it's, you know, you could have 300 people in the church or 3,000 people in the church, uh, you know, there's obviously been more of a, a focus on small groups, life groups, you know, kind of doing where you're, you're meeting with 10 people, 25 people, whatever. It could be a men's ministry, it could be a couple's. So um, what do you think is the value of having, whether it be having a home church with, you know, 15, 20 people or having a small group where you're meeting um, and you're um, kind of really kind of getting intimate and getting to know and, and intimate into like where you're like digging deeper into the word than maybe a traditional listening to a sermon for 45 minutes and then going home. Right. Let me tell you the value. That's an awesome question. Um, so I had an abortion when I was 18. And so for 10 years, I would sit in church regularly every Sunday and I would hear messages and I would hear the pastor give a message, for example, on forgiveness, how Jesus went to the cross to die for my sin, to forgive me from my sin. And I would hear those messages, but for 10 years, honestly, I would leave there and say, yeah, but that's for somebody else. Because what I did, that's unforgivable. So- And you couldn't forgive yourself. Mm -mm. Part of that is, I'm sure, as well. Right, right. So at year 10, Tim had started getting trained at the church we were in at the time to be a small group leader. That church was going to give that a try. That was kind of in the, it was about 1992, something around there. And so he became a small group leader. And um, so I was very involved in that as, as well. So we had our first small group and it met at someone's home. And it was in that small group that I confessed my sin to my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed, the scripture says. And so I did that. That was where I started to heal, was in that small group. There is power in bringing darkness to light, in uncovering things that you've kept hidden and secret. And you know, that's where Satan works the best, right? Is in the dark and in the, in the hidden and in the secrets. Um, so by doing that, by confessing that sin, that was really when my spiritual growth took off at that point, because I felt free at that point. That's the benefit of a small group. That's the benefit of a small church. When you have those brothers and sisters in Christ, that you can be very vulnerable and real with. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I, I think that there's there's a lot of value to you know having people that have gone through stuff. And you never know, because um, you think you're alone and that I'm the only person that committed mm -hmm. this deep sin. Or And th th then you find out that, okay, well, I'm with a big group of people that have, have done similar things or have, have faced those decisions. Um, and you guys as well are, are small business owners and because to be able to whatever, run a church or to have a family, to put food on the table, you got to make money. You can't just kind of, you know, uh, uh, hope that uh, that things you know happen. But you guys have started um, Home Care Services of Columbus, I guess it was almost 20 years ago, um, and which is service oriented. So, Tim, tell me about that, about how, you know, um, how you're 
can have a job and open up a business and it can be biblically based as well along with you know um, doing something that you're providing a service for other people sure well I mean God God brought our whole life is a testimony to God and you know we've walked closer and closer with him and when we opened up that business almost 20 years ago Angie and I weren't surveying the market to see where the best place or the most profitable place to open a business and we've always loved senior adults and we were in uh, classes in Sunday school in our church we read at the time with older people and just love being around them and their wisdom and that type of thing and so when God put on our heart through knowing somebody in a, in a church we read in the, uh, at that time uh, in 2004 or 5 um, to open a senior care business, it made sense. And we just heard him in prayer that that's what we were to do. And so we, we started and God just mm -hmm. has grown us and, and blessed our business in so many ways. We do run it on Christian principles. Everybody knows that. We've got stuff all over our walls. Our caregivers know that that we send out. And so we, we run it from that perspective. And so, you know, and God brought the church into our life uh, a little over three years ago. And, and that seems like a hard thing. I mean, you're running a church out of your house and you're running a business, but God makes it all work. Um, you know, We've got the most amazing team of caregivers. I got to give a big shout out to them and our business runs so smooth because of that. We love those ladies that, that, that do the care for our, the senior adults in this community. And the business runs so smooth, able to carve out time in the day to, to run that in the office. We, we have, do have an officer for that and have some time later in the afternoon to work on messages for Sunday and check on our, our people that come to our house church and things like that. So. God just brought it all together, and He's called us to do both of those things. So. Yeah, juggling a lot, and because you know the uh, the last um, years of a person's life are, are are just as important, and you know your service is not just to them, but it's to their sons and daughters, their grandchildren, because you know they want. I mean, they they they're busy too, and they can't be with their mom or their dad 24-7 when they're you know, 80, 90 years old, perhaps. And, uh, you know, Mark Schultz, uh, the musician, great storyteller who was with us the other night at the Sound Choices Gala, was, was told a great story about that song, you know, Walking Her Home, about the, uh, you know, the, the couple that was an older couple, lived next door and, and fed him chicken fried steak for, for nine months. And, and then, like, he, you know, uh, went up to them when they were in the nursing home and told them about this song that he had written kind of uh, for them and how he walked, watched them walk together to the, to the room and how that was, he realized that walking her home was, was the end of life. You know, so important for what you guys do. And, and you know, speaking of family, you guys, um, for you guys are, are, are busy. As when this podcast comes out, you'll have gained a new daughter-in-law and, um, and new, um, so now how many, Angie, how many grandchildren do we have now? We now have two, two. grandsons. Two grandsons, mm -hmm. okay. So how old are they? 22 months okay. and two and a half weeks. Wow. So, yeah. so, uh, so now are they close? Are you able to spoil them yet? Or? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. They're here in Columbus. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> Our daughter is Emily and her husband is RJ Miller. And so Morrison and McLean are our uh, bright spots. Those are our grandsons. What's that like? I mean, I know obviously you guys, Tim was just mentioning how you guys have a lot of um, things that you're juggling and, and trying to do, but like, I imagine that you want to, uh, as much time as you can get with, uh, you know, your kids, but especially these two little boys. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, we strive to be intentional grandparents, intentional Christian grandparents. So the one thing we want to pass on to McLean and Morrison is faith in God, a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. We're not going to be those grandparents that are just going to be out there to spoil them rotten with stuff. Uh, we want to create memories with those boys and we want to pass on our, our heritage of faith to them. And so God has blessed us to have the, them right here in town to be able to, to, be able to do that. So. Yeah. And uh, Tim, you know, your, um, your son uh, marrying Sarah, Mar Sarah Marie this weekend. So when this podcast comes out, they'll have, you know, hopefully everything goes well and then they'll be married. Uh, so, and you are, uh, as an ordained pastor now, you are doing the wedding. So wh how, how do you, uh, do you kind of wear both hats at the same time, your dad and uh, the, the, you know, the person uh, doing the wedding at the same time? It's going to be interesting, Jason. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of first here and, um, and he, he actually gets married next Wednesday. They chose the middle of the weekday and it's okay. going to be a destination wedding and I did get ordained you know I, I was called by God to preach and teach I know that 
and people will tell you that you know this is just the, the ordaining is just the, the 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 man's blessing on that so that you can do things like perform weddings and and sure enough I you know my son asked me he said I I, I want you to go ordain because me and Sarah we want you to do our wedding so I was I feel very honored and blessed um, it's been a, it's been interesting to put together a wedding script I learned a whole lot more about weddings as I put a script together just finished it this morning uh, to, to get it all together and and I'm curious to see what my emotions will be I know it's going to be very much emotional event uh, we've been uh, waiting for this day for our son and praying for it for a long time. We love the young lady, Sarah Marie, that he's marrying, and we're very excited for that day, but the emotions will definitely be interesting on that day. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Um, it, it's going to be uh, something that, uh, you know, I'm sure you, you talked about, Angie talked about creating memories. I mean, this will be a memory you'll <laughs> never forget. Hopefully somebody else gets some good pictures and video of the whole process <laughs> and everything. And um, going one, one more thing, going back to what we initially talked about, the, the billboards for Jesus. And um, so there's eight or nine. Is there is there a favorite you guys have out of the eight or nine, like in terms of, uh, of a favorite thing? Or it could be a verse or like the one I mentioned about at the cross, I paid a price you couldn't. What are some of the favorite things or maybe other people have told you guys that oh this is the one I really like the best. Yeah so a couple of things on that I do want to bring out too Jason is number one we make sure the whole city gets covered with these billboards. I want to make sure everybody understands that if you go to our site you'll see the location. This so is in Columbus Georgia. In, over Columbus so we've got we've got multiple billboards right now they'll rotate but we've got multiple ones on Victory Drive we've got some on Buena Vista Road uh, we've got them out in North Columbus people have seen them River Road you know Manchester they've been on downtown there's one going over the bridge into downtown so we're making sure the whole city gets covered in this that's really important to us and something we want to do but uh, as far as as favorites uh, we get a lot of you know everybody has a different we try to keep them like Angie said positive scriptural based um, my personal favorite is the one that simply says Jesus is Lord it's a simple proclamation he's Lord of my life our life our marriage he's Lord of this city and we're just proclaiming him as, as Jesus mm -hmm. um, you know, the one uh, that you had mentioned, uh, you mentioned God paid a price that you could pay cross, at the cross. At the cross, I paid it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that certainly, uh, mm -hmm. that certainly brings home to, to us, but, uh, but I, I love the one that says, uh, simply says Jesus is Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what about you, Angie? Mm -hmm. Anything in particular? Or how, do y'all come up with these or have a team? Or <laughs> We do. Tim and I come up with these, and um, Dan weighs in as well. Um, Dan's the third member of our board, and so between us, we do come up with the messages, and they have to be... Um, scriptural, they have to be simple, small enough to where they fit on a billboard without crowding it too much so that the driver can really Because these get are, um, well, the least ones I'm seeing, black with white lettering. That's, That's right. right, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the one, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I love that one. Um, and I think, yeah, boy, if, if we could get back to that as a nation, and, yeah. and all proclaim him as Lord, where would we be? You know, yeah. so many of these issues that we're going through right now would, would clear right up. Yeah, and, and you know, most of the time when you see billboards, it's advertising, I mean, it could be like an anniversary or something, but it's advertising a lot of times a business, like and trying to promote the business and so the business can make more money. So in, in, in this instance, it, it, I mean, um, I, I, it doesn't seem like it's like you're, okay, we're trying to grow a business. I mean, you're trying to maybe grow the kingdom of God. Right. <laughs> so what, how, how is, uh, that's, that's different than maybe a traditional billboard, right? So you, you, that's a great point, and I'm glad because there was one thing that's been in the back of my mind I really wanted to bring out about this, and you're a great interviewer because you you're bringing that out, is we made, we're intentionally up front, number one, that 100% of the money that comes in goes for billboards. We're not, nobody's getting, making any money or getting paid anything. 100% goes to billboards. And so we want to make sure people understand that. But um, so we've gotten a lot of feedback from people about, you know, I couldn't believe because you mentioned early, these billboards aren't cheap. Uh, we're at a run rate of over $100,000 a year on this. We've collected to date, I think, around $75,000 through help of the community and various people supporting it already. Um, but they're not cheap and people are impressed when they say, when they find out, a lot of people don't even know who's running the billboards because nothing's promoted on there other than we're lifting up the Lord over our community. So when people do find out because we're fundraising, bringing attention to it that, for that type of thing, they say, wow, I can't believe people are willing to spend this much money not promoting a church, their own agenda, nothing but to lift up the Lord over our city. And that's it, Jason. It's that simple. We're, we're only lifting him up. We're trying to build his kingdom. We only direct people to a biblically-based church 
that um, they may you know, come into a relationship with their creator, the one they were designed to come in a relationship with. So that's our only agenda for the billboards. Yeah, definitely uh, impacting folks in, in, in a different way, you know, and, and uh, because some folks put stuff on social media or they you know, do an advertisement on television. So this is just a, a different way to advertise and uh, kind of, you know, like you said, it's like that banner that as people are driving by and, and people may, like you said, they may see it and, and it and maybe pay it no mind, but it could plant that seed. And they may, mm -hmm. may think like, huh, what did that say? You know, and like when I was running, I took a picture of it and I posted it. And, and uh, so, uh, but uh, uh, Tim and Angie, thank you guys so much for all you guys are doing. I know you're busy with uh, different ministries and your job and your home church and your family and uh, wish you guys all the best with your, the wedding coming up. This podcast will come out the middle of next week. So this might be come out like right before or after the wedding. So maybe a, a good opportunity as you're, uh, as you're traveling back after the wedding to, to give it a listen. That's so, right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks, Our honor. Jason. Our pleasure. This has been fun. Thank, thank you. you. So next time uh, you look at a billboard, whether it's here in uh, Columbus, Georgia, or anywhere else, um, you know maybe it'll have a big impact on you. Maybe there's a message on that billboard, not just an advertisement for a, a product or a place, but maybe you know advertisement for the kingdom of God. So uh, congratulations, thanks to uh, Tim and Angie. They're doing uh, some uh, some great work uh, for sure. And uh, next time I'm running, I'm sure maybe I'll run by one of those billboards once again. I've been doing a lot of running lately. In fact, um, this past month, September, is the most miles I've ever run in a month. This is 10 years into my running career. I ran um, 235 miles last month, an average of almost eight miles per day. I've increased my volume because I'm training for... Um, my first time running marathons on back-to-back -back days that'll happen in early November, about a month from now. So just trying to ratchet up my miles a little bit. And uh, I mentioned on my last podcast, waking up early in the morning, about 3 a.m. for a race this past weekend, a four-hour race in North Georgia, where I ended up getting 22.6 miles, finishing fourth place overall out of about 60 runners. I'm not usually a fast one, so I'm usually middle of the pack. So I was uh, I was glad I was able to uh, gut those out, this uh, one. 1.1 mile uh, kind of on the trail running around a lake just kind of keep doing loops and loops uh, until you can't do them anymore and I had a couple friends that did the eight hour race they both got 40 miles in during that time so congrats to uh to them to Charles and Nathan so um yeah definitely getting a lot of miles but this last podcast episode I did kind of a, a shorter one uh, last Friday if you want to check that one out it's about uh, getting rest getting sleep uh, making sure that you uh, get that along with the exercise you do, along with your job and your family and other things, making sure you get enough sleep, get enough rest, so important for you physically, emotionally, spiritually, for your health, for your weight loss, anything. So make sure to check that out. Closing this podcast episode now in prayer as we always do. Dear God, just uh, thank you for this opportunity to talk about you, uh, to uh, to lift your name name up, and to uh, to as as a banner over our city, over our nation that we need so much right now, Lord God, that you are God, and uh, you showed us at the cross the sacrifices you made for us when we didn't deserve it, showing us grace and mercy on, on a regular basis. And Lord God, we just thank you for the ministry uh, the Hollises uh, have, and uh, that you continue to bless them. Them, uh, financially and help them to continue to spread your word on billboards and other ways as well. Uh, just pray for all churches, uh, traditional ones, home churches. Lord God, we just thank you for um, the ability to have the freedom to have church and to glorify your name and to talk about you uh, here and uh, the freedom that we have in America to do that. Dear, uh, in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. We are now, again, like I said, in the month of October, so hopefully the weather is going to be getting a little better for you to get outside and get some walking in, running, or biking, whatever you do, um, maybe going to the gym, sweating it out there. So I uh, appreciate you listening, uh, choosing Run the Race as we continue um, kind of spreading the gospel of faith and fitness here on a regular basis. And I uh, hope you guys have a, a great rest of the week and uh, stay safe. Have a great weekend. God bless.